ladies and gentlemen, we are here. I got my man Joey on the line. Uh, what up? What up? Uh, long time, long time listeners that uh, stick with me for months at a time when I don't do episodes, you'll remember him from uh, the episode uh, uh, back in April. The band is back together. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that one. And I told you he would probably be back to do some more. And here we are. And the topic is college football. I know everybody's doing their uh, their Heisman watches and preseason top 25s and all of that stuff. We're not really going to get into that. We're going to kind of really deep dive into the the culture, if you will, of college football, get his perspective as a former player. And he, you know, for those of you that are unaware, he grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a huge college football city, you know, so – we're going to really get into get into some of the ins and outs of that. So, now you played at a Division II school, Wayne State, right? Right. Yeah, I played at Wayne, uh, D2 school. Um, uh, still a lot of talent there and everything. Uh, had some D1 bounce backs. Guys that uh, bounced back from D1 or went JUCO things like that. And, uh, we, uh, so, you know, we, 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 even though it's a lower level football, like overall, and like, we're not talented, uh, as a whole, still, there's a lot of good ball players at that level. Um, one thing, uh, I actually was going to tell you, uh, my redshirt freshman year, um, we played a team that's like, uh, really close to y'all. Um, we played Western Kentucky yeah. as our first game, my red shirt freshman year. And um, I think um, that's when Willie Taggart, who's the coach of uh, Florida state was coaching with them. Okay. Do you guys, was that a home game for you guys or an away game? Oh no, 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 no. That was a pay game. So we got paid some money to basically go out there and kind of like get beat up, so to speak. <laughs> Gotcha. You know, but um, we didn't play too terribly. I mean, we got we got handled, but we didn't play too terribly considering as a D1 team against a, a team that was uh, two years away from being uh, FBS. So gotcha. it was two to, two to three years before they went up. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. So we were we had some technical difficulties before. You were kind of talking about your recruitment and stuff. And you were talking about you went on one unofficial visit with Wayne State? Yeah, so, like, for me, my recruitment was pretty, like, uneventful. I had some uh, NAI schools, a couple D3 schools, uh, I think maybe one other D2 school that was kind of looking at me, sending me stuff, calling me and everything. And uh, I went on an unofficial visit. It was more of an academic visit, actually, now, now that I look back at it, uh, to Wayne State. It just felt like a good fit, you know. And yeah. so I, uh, my recruitment was really uneventful in the sense that I, I, I just kind of committed to Wayne and then I kind of shut stuff down with the uh, other schools. Now, you know, I've seen other – even at the D2 level, I saw other – recruitment um stories that were a little bit more silly or you know um you know 
exciting, but like, you know, mine was, mine was pretty, uh, mine was pretty cut and dry. I just felt like that was a place for me. And so I committed there and I, I, you know, communicated with the other coaches that were trying to recruit me that, uh, I was, I was kind of shutting things down and that, that was kind of the end of things. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, you know, I know you didn't really get heavy into the recruitment, but you talked about going on an unofficial visit. Is there, what's the, what's the real difference between a quote unquote official visit and an unofficial visit? Well, really, if you want to really like the, the, the main difference is like, we'll talk like at the, at, at the big level. Okay. FBS. All right. Like, so, you know, you're going to visit, Alabama, Tennessee, Nebraska, you know, like Western Kentucky. Okay. Really the big difference is, is that the university pays for it. Okay. The program pays for it for they, they pay for the flight. They pay for the transportation, all that stuff for you to get out there and, and visit their school. An unofficial visit, they're not footing the bill for. You got to do, you you got to do that yourself. So here's actually, is something that's really interesting when it boils down to boils down to like these, these visits and everything. Okay. So college football is a huge, huge cash cow and, and, and you live in sec country. I live in big 10 slash big 12 country. Okay. So high school football in general has polarized to the South where like a lot of the talent is, and so, like, for schools like Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, Florida, a lot of these southern-based schools, recruiting is easier for them because the talent is, by and large, based in the South. And so to take an unofficial visit to one of those schools is a lot easier because you can just drive down the road. Yeah. You know, like you, you don't have to get a plane to Nebraska or Boulder, Colorado or Ann Arbor, Michigan or something like that, you know. So there is kind of like it's kind of interesting that with with the landscape the way it is, there is a sort of natural um, advantage for these SEC schools because um, they're based in where the hotbed of like the talent is you know hmm. say something i didn't like see and i always wonder that like i always you know wonder like an official visit or unofficial but that makes a lot of sense yeah it really boils it really boils down to who's paying for it honestly yeah. is, is is what it is um so like if i go on an unofficial visit that means i'm driving myself there i'm paying for my own food i'm you know all this and there's all this red tape with the NCAA, what you can and you can't do on an official visit and an unofficial visit. And I'm not really going to get too deep in the weeds with that because um, all those rules and regulations have changed since I got recruited. What uh, We're 34 now, yeah. so that I would have been 18. You know, that, that years ago, There's a there's been some changes in regard to official and unofficial visits and things you can and can't do and stuff like that. And so um, I don't want to misspeak and uh, 
and say, yeah, you can do this or you can't do that. But um, that really it boils down to who's paying for it. Is mom and dad paying for it or is the University of Tennessee paying for it? Gotcha. Yeah. That is, yeah. Like I said, that's something that makes sense. And yeah, if, I, if I remember right, I think the rule is still the same where a senior is allowed five unofficial visits. Uh, their senior year, so you can pick five schools that your your school can host that that school can host you at. Okay, gotcha. and so you know, say you're like one of these big baller, like you know, blue chip recruits, whatnot, um, and you got like, you know, thirty five offers. Well, when it boils down to it, to your senior year, if you want to take official visits, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to narrow that down to who you want to actually visit. You can't go take thirty five visits; you can only take five. Right. That's an interesting tidbit. Like I said, I didn't know that. Um, so, what's it like, you know, playing college football? As far as like, walk me through your red shirt, your red shirt year. So. I'm going to speak from my experience, which I think there are some parallels with pretty much any program out there. Um, And then there's probably some things that are different too, you know, like, um, you know, uh, coaches run things differently depending on where they're at and what their philosophy is and who their strength and conditioning coach is and all that stuff. So um, I, I've told people this numerous times that like the most fun I've ever had playing football was in high school because high school football is the purest form of football out there because there's not money involved. By and large, there's not money. Like you get, you get in bigger States, stuff like that. Maybe, maybe that's different. You know, Texas, Georgia, Florida, California, there's probably some money involved, but still, it's mainly about the kids, right? It's about developing athletes and, and getting them through high school. And it's just more pure, you know, I loved playing high school football. Absolutely loved it. And I absolutely loved the opportunity I was provided to play college football, because when you think about it, there's not that many people out there that can say I played football at the collegiate level so i i i love the opportunity to do that too um but when you move to college it is a it is a damn job and it is a grind you you are um they 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 own you and you are doing everything they say i I remember my red shirt year there was a um quarterback that lived right across the hall from me. His name is Andrew Pohlmeyer. Good kid. He was uh, from Oakland, Craig, Nebraska, if I remember right. He uh, won two state titles is in high school and whatnot. He's good guy. He's, uh, if I remember right, he's a doctor now. Anyway, I, I digress. None of this stuff matters. Anyway, um, he, um, he and I like sat down one day I remember he was uh, working on calculus and he was stuck on calculus and I'm an idiot. So there ain't no chance in hell I'm helping him with that. And uh, 
we just sat down and we were like going through our day and trying to decide or trying to add up how much time we spent on football related activities. So that meant like lifting, conditioning, film session, practice, study hall, time at the training table where we were required to sign in and eat and stuff like that. We're like, shoot, dude, like every day we're spending like six to eight hours a day on football stuff. So it's a job. Like it, it is, it is a job like that, like full on, you know? And, um, well, it's not a job because jobs you get paid. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, you're, you're, you're putting in, you're putting in full-time hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not counting weekends or, you know, you know, games and stuff like that, you know? So him and I were looking at him like, shoot, we're putting in 40 plus hours a week on just football related stuff. Now the NCAA regulates that where like, you know, it's like, Oh, you can only have a two hour practice here or two and a half hour. I don't know what the, I don't know what the rules are now because when, uh, when I was playing, you were still allowed to have two days. And, um, to my knowledge, I could be misspeaking when I say this, but I don't think you can actually do two days anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or if if you do them, you have to like do a two a day and then a one a day and a two a day and a one a day. Um, so I, I'd have to look into it. I don't know what the rules of the NCA is inputted now to regulate that. But back then, you you still could do two days, and so um, it was intense. It was uh, is intense, and um, that did kind of take some of the fun out of it to an extent. And um, when it comes to uh, college football, you know, it's it, it, when it, college football in general, whether it's D2, FCS, or FBS, okay, it is a results-oriented business. Yeah. And it should be. With, with, with the money that's involved, and the money people are making, it absolutely should be a results-oriented business. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But with that, there's more of the stress of, like, we got to win, we got to win, we got to win. You know? Whereas at high school football, it's, you know, it can be a little bit more about building a team and fundamentals and team camaraderie and relationships and stuff like that. You know, like, it's not encompassing your entire life so to speak and um so it it, college to from high school to college in my opinion my experience was it's vastly different and then you know my brother played a year of college football too and it was vastly vastly different for him too you know like college was not as fun as high school is yeah yeah. like you said it's more of a job so let me ask you this like this is something i've always been curious about you know so you're you're a quote unquote student athlete you know right you know so and you've you know you've you just outlined you're spending what six to eight hours a day on football related activities you know how does how does football balance out with like 
the classes and what you need to do to graduate and get a degree. You well, I mean? so that that's gonna th- that's actually gonna kind of like differ from like place to place. Yeah. So you go to like, uh, you know, I'm gonna be a homer here and use this because I'm this is where I'm at. But uh, I'm gonna say by and large, like you know, go you go to any other D1 university um, or Power Five university, it's gonna be pretty similar, but. You go to the University of Nebraska, they are going to find a way to get you graduated. Mm. Okay. Like, and, and when I, okay, that, let me walk that back because that makes it, <laughs> that makes it sound like, uh, you know, people are like doctoring grades and stuff. That's not the case. What I'm saying is that athletes have benefits that other students don't have. Okay. Like at Nebraska, we have one of like the best life skills and professional skills programs in the nation. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that for anyone that's there, they're going to that that that's on that football team, they're going to have tutors, they're going to have mentors. Got gotcha. you. They're going to have people that make sure they're getting to class. They're going to have people in making sure that you know their assignments or their papers or their projects are done and if they need help they're going to get help and then you know when they graduate that like these these programs can also help help them like place them with a job or uh, you know an organization where they can you know you know get in and make money and stuff like that now at the division two level, whereas 15 years ago, we had something somewhat similar, but it was very rudimentary and kind of crude. Mm-hmm. You know, we had mandatory study hall to make sure that you're getting your assignments done and your homework done and, and, and stuff like that. And we did have something where it was more athletically focused on getting graduates placed with a job when they graduated. And so there there's, that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is like with it's particularly with these big schools. Okay. You know, Alabama, Tennessee, Nebraska, South Carolina, all these schools, they're going to have some, some form of this in place to help these athletes as they transition from college to the next stage of their life professionally, which let's face it is not the fucking NFL. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone wants, I'm at the, you know, I played at the division two level. There was, there was guys on it deep on this D two team talking about how they were league level talent. I'm like, you ain't going to the league. And guess what? None of them did. Okay. We had, we had one guy, who had a tryout and I think he might, might've made, if I remember right, he may have made the, the preseason roster with the Denver Broncos, if I remember right. And, and, and he got cut, you know, because like it, it, you know, like when it boils down to it, like when you move from high school to college, 
everybody's a star in high school. Well, when you move from college to the pros, guess what? All those dudes were stars in, yeah. in, in college. And so, like, you're competing with the best of the best. And there's only 53 spots. So, yeah, on, on active NFL rosters. So, the chances of you making are just be, beyond slim. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, um, so what about like your class schedule? You know what I mean? Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a junior football player. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm working towards my degree in what the fuck ever I'm working on a degree in uh, communications or whatever. And I'm looking at, you know, this communications class I need, you know, for my major and it conflicts with football. How does that, how does that work out? So class schedules are kind of interesting when it comes to like athletes because um, the university and the advisors, from my experience, they they kind of go out of their way to work around that. Okay. Honestly, um, one thing that I do like that um, a lot of um, big Power Five or college football coaches have done recently is um, they've moved practices from, you know, three 30 in the afternoon, whatever, when I used to practice in college, um, they, they've moved them from there, um, to the afternoon to the morning. And so you get up early and you practice at six o'clock, you knock that out right away. Gotcha. And, um, I think that is a super, super positive thing to do for all these kids because, um, I, I'll there. So, okay. Like when I was in college, like we practiced at, I think uh film set or uh film and meetings were at three. We were on the field at four thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but wh- what, what did that allow? That meant that, like, if you were tired or you were lazy or you were unmotivated and you woke up at 7 in the morning or something like that or, like, say you went and, you know, went to your mandatory weight session or something like that and you, you hit the, um, the training table and you just didn't feel like going to class or something like that and you, you just go back to bed, right? Yeah. You just, you just skip class. Well, now with having your practice so early, it gets you up, you're up in the morning, you're moving, you're active and everything. And so like, I, I like the fact that a lot of coaches are doing this now because now that that kid is already awake and up and, and moving, they, they don't have a reason to not go to class. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, hey, you already up doing this. Like, get your ass to class, bud. Yeah. That's what you're here for. You know, you're when it boils down to it, like, yes, I understand that you're there, like, to play football, make plays, be part of the team, make the university and the conference and the NCAA money. Okay, whatever. But personally, as an individual, you're there to get that degree. Yeah. That's what you're there for. Okay. And so to, to get them up and moving, I, I like that movement a lot. A lot of coaches are doing that now. And I think that 
that's phenomenal. But when it boiled down to it, you know, my class schedule was, uh, um, I usually had, I usually always had an early class, which was rough. So like I would, you know, go hit weights, do weights, hit the training table and, uh, in the, um, you know, go, go eat breakfast and stuff. And then, uh, I would have to hit class right after that, which was good for me because it kept me focused and it kept me in the grind of getting my degree. Yeah. Um, but it was difficult because you're tired, you're beat up, you're sore, you know, there's, you know, there's times you're not always a hundred percent focused because, you know, you're thinking about it like, oh, geez, you know, like, I, you know, I worked out this morning for this and now I still got to go and, you know, go to meetings, you know, this afternoon and then practice and it, it kind of wore on you. But like, you know, fortunately for me, like I always had an early class that, so like, you know, it forced me to, you know, get in there and participate and get to class. Um, you know, I had teammates though that, you know, their first class wasn't until like 1045 yeah. and then, you know, they're blown off their 1045 class because, you know, after they get done with the team requirements and stuff, they, they go back to their house or their apartment or the dorm room and they just, you know, they, you know, they just, I'm just going to crash out and yeah. sleep. Gotcha. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard enough getting up and going to class period. You know, let alone throwing, you know, the weight room and film study and whatever else, you know, whatever the hell else you got to do. So, yeah, I, I can imagine. So, I'm going to start kind of, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I know at the D1 level, it's 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 different as far as, like, the, the national championship. I oh, mean, yeah, for sure. What for was sure. your – I mean, it's a D1 level. What would you like right now? You know, we're about to start the college football season. I would say, what would you, I would say somewhere between what, 15 and 20 teams maybe have a legitimate chance like of winning the national championship. I wouldn't, honestly, Dub, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say there's, because the thing is, like, everyone wants to talk about parity in football. There yeah. really isn't parity. Well, there really isn't that much parity, like at the college football level, yeah. because well, at, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well, I mean, like take take the like take parity out of it. I mean, legitimately, like if they controlled their own destiny, if they went undefeated, and these other teams, you know, faltered or whatever. Well, that's. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Bud is like you look at two years ago. Okay, uh, University of Central Florida went thirteen and zero. Yeah, and I think they finished. I'd have to look this up. I'm probably not. I, I'm probably wrong here, but I think what they finished thirteen and zero. They go and beat uh, Auburn in the Peach Bowl. Auburn, yeah. SEC team, and they beat them in the Peach Bowl. Okay, I think that the highest they finished in the polls was sixth yeah that sounds about right okay and and so that's what i'm talking about like college football is kind of a little bit like major league baseball right now 
it's uh, a league of the haves and have-nots. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah. And so the the richer get richer, and the poor get poor, and they just kind of get held down. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously. So so I would say, on any given year, you have maybe on a good year, ten teams that could legitimately try to go for the natty. Okay. Like maybe and and most years, most years, I'm going to say it's probably five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like a a good year, you're going to have like some really robust teams, some teams that can really get after it, beat any team on any given Saturday. But, you know, most years, you know, you're going to be looking at your, you know, your Clemsons and your Alabamas and your Ohio States and, 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 and stuff like that, because college football has turned into this game where the richer just keep getting richer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I, and so I would argue though, that the current format, even though like I, I'm, I know I'm contradicting myself when I say this is I said, most years you got five teams that can maybe, you know, really give it a solid run. Okay. But I would say that I think that there is an argument to be made and it is valid that the playoff should be extended to eight teams because, you know, on those years that you have more competitive teams and everything that, uh, you're giving them an opportunity to play for the prize. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, like UCF never had a shot. No. And it was very, very evident that they never had a shot too, because um, they, they were going undefeated throughout the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. And every single week when the polls came out, the, the people that were ranking these polls were keeping them around like 12, 11, 10, 9, around that area. And I think, my personal opinion, I think that was a concerted effort to keep them around that area because, like, you know, these people are thinking, like, well, shoot, we can't afford to put them any higher because if we have a rash of losses in the top 10, then we're going to be forced to, you know, they're going to have to move up. up. Yeah. You know, um, now, granted, you know, you move to an 18 playoff, your number one team is going to just, you know, nine years out of 10, your number one team is going to completely boat race yeah. your number eight team. But, that, but still, hey, that 10th tenth, that year, though. But still, at least you give them a, give them you, a, know, a rock, you give them a Rocky Balboa, you know, puncher's chance yeah. at, 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 you know, knocking somebody off. And when it boils down to it, like, I, the money's in it. TV would cover it. The revenue would be ex- phenomenal. People would watch it. People love college football. Yeah, they do. So the more college football you throw on, the more they're going to watch. And so yeah. even from a financial standpoint, it just makes sense. The only drawback to it is, is that the wear and tear on the players, you know, adding more game potential, potentially more games to their schedule 
And um, then this is one thing that has been brought up by people too, which I, I do think is somewhat valid is that, you know, you got to work this into the schedule of like, okay, how are you going to fit this in with, you know, classes and school and stuff? Cause when it boils down to it, I, I know people hate the phrase student athlete right now because they, you know, they don't feel like people are student athletes, but um, because they're making so much money for schools and conferences and TV and stuff like that. But, um, you know, you know, there are ADs or university presidents that don't want to expand it because they're looking at like from, well, you know, this is going to cut into, you know, midterms or finals or how do we arrange this around their class schedule and they're already playing, you know, 12 yeah. regular season games as it is. And See? so I, I do get that. I, I do understand that, but I, I'm, I, there's a way to make it work. There's a way to make it work. And I think that they should expand it because, you know, I think that if there is a team out there that deserves a shot at the natty, they should get it. And on top of which the, the system's already skewed as it is because we have five power conferences, right? Yeah. Well, we have four teams in the playoffs. That makes zero sense. You know, at a, at a very bare bones minimum, it should be a 16 play, a 16 playoff with like a wild card game or something like that, you know, where all five power conferences, conference champions get in and then there's like a wild card that's from the group of five or maybe another power five team that deserves to be in yeah yeah see and i think that's part of and you you can correct me if i'm wrong or agree or disagree i think that's part of why people love college football i think people love obviously people just love football it's the biggest sport in america but i think part of part of it is the debate that comes along with college football. Well, I would a hundred percent agree with you with that is um, that's another reason why, like, um, you know, I know some people and I've heard some arguments for a 32 team playoff at the, at the D one level. And I, I don't agree with that. That seems like a lot. I I don't agree with that because when it boils down to it, like uh, they're not 32 teams that can contend for a national championship every year. There's just, there's too much of a separation, talent, recruiting, everything. There's too much of a separation that, that that's not valid. I don't even think that there's even a valid point for a 16 playoff, honestly, but um, when, when, when you, when you go down and you look at, um, the way that it's structured right now, it just, it, it's not given enough people or enough teams a chance, especially when you're not allowing, you know, a conference champion into, uh, uh, you know, a power five conference champion into, to, uh, to, to play for a national championship, you know, you know, when the PAC 12 misses out or the big 10 misses out or, you know, uh, any of those, like, I think that they should have a valid claim to at least compete, like allow them to compete 
for it. Now they, 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 they lose, they lose, you know, that that's fine. You know, that, that that's why you play the game. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, you know, like, you know, like UCF has been the big story the past couple of years, you know, I know yeah, 20, 25 and one or something in the past two years, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I lost one game. Um, but, um, I, I thought it was like, I fucking loved it that first year when they went undefeated that year, they beat Auburn and everything. But, yeah. I'm going to be a, going to be a homer here. And yeah. Uh, our, our, the coach. Our, yeah. Coach. Current, yep. So yeah. we, we sniped him homegrown boy. But I mean, they paid him his bonus as if he had won a national championship and hung banners and like fucking go for it. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, we won every game we played. What, You still there? Dub. All right, got you. All right, cool. But you know what I mean? Like, what more could they have done besides, I mean, they won all the games that they played. Like, you didn't – every game, everybody you put in front of us, we beat. You know well, what I mean? Well, I think that's kind of where I have a little bit of an axe to grind is I was like, well, they don't play in a Power 5 conference. They don't – they don't play – an SEC schedule. Okay, well, all right, let's get off that, okay? Like, I, I understand, like, you know, you're an SEC country, so people are going to hate me for saying this, but it's not like y'all SEC people, like, play, like, the most stellar schedules on the face of the planet anyway, okay? Yeah. Like, it's not even across the board. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they play nine conference games per year. The SEC plays eight, and then in, like, week fucking – in week, like, 11, they throw the Citadel or fucking Southwest Missouri State or some whack-ass school on a money game that they can just beat up. It's pretty much a glorified bye week for them, yeah. you know? And their whole justification is, well, we're in the SEC, and we – you know, we're the premier conference. Like, I'm not arguing – that they're not the premier conference. I understand that there is just an overload of talent down there. The teams are, are, are top notch. I get that. But the fact of the matter is like, you guys are like, not you guys, the, the SEC is stacking the deck just to basically be able to get into the playoff. Yeah. They're, 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 you know, they play like one, decent team on their non-conference schedule per year and then they play a bunch of whack at the ninth ninth street they'll sit here and play like the ninth street school for the deaf blind you know for the other ones you know like it's like like, oh come on dude those aren't real games and i get that other i get other schools do it too you know i get it but the fact of the matter is these other conferences force you to play other conference games so you're playing a power five school i mean and here's the other thing is that pretty much every conference you know what i mean like whether you want to get into you know you know the sec the big 12 and all this stuff pretty much all these conferences they're fucking top heavy like there's a lot i i will say like right now from the reading I've been doing is the SEC is very top heavy. 
The yeah. ACC, the ACC is like the top heaviest conference out there, meaning that like literally Clemson sitting on top of it and the rest of the conference is tip drilling underneath them. Okay. The parody right now is within the big 10 and the PAC 12, because you, you don't really know what this given year, this given year, you don't really know what's going to happen with those conferences. You know, you have Ohio state, Ryan Day, new coach. He was their offensive coordinator. He was their interim coach when uh, Urban Meyer was suspended last year. He could completely reload and just explode the same way Ohio State has done. Okay. And, but then you still have, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh. He's returning a lot of talent on his team. He's got a returning uh, quarterback that's more than likely going to be an NFL guy at some point, you know. And then you have Penn State that um, has to replace a lot, but you don't know what to expect because I don't care what people say. I hate Penn State, but James Franklin is a very talented recruiter and he's a very talented coach. And so you don't know necessarily what to expect out of the East. And then out of the West with the Big Ten, it's even more of a wild card because you have P.J. Fleck at Minnesota who is an up-and-coming coach who returns like something like 80% of his offensive production this year. Um, he returns the majority of his defense. They had a strong, strong, strong push the last part of uh, 2018. You have Iowa out there who's returning um, their starting quarterback, and you don't know what it's you know, necessarily going to look like offensively, but they're always stout. You have Wisconsin, who's got questions all over defense, but, um, you know, they have to, and, and then offensively, they are in a quarterback battle right now. I think Jake Cohen and a true freshman quarterback, I think he's out of Kansas, named Graham Martz, is, uh, is, um, or they are they're competing for the starting job there, but then also at the running back position, they have the best running back in college football in Jonathan Taylor. Like that guy is probably going to be at the Heisman ceremony this year because of how good he is. Okay, and then you also have you know returning divisional champion Northwestern. I personally think they're going to potentially take a step back this year. There's a lot of questions. There, they have to replace their quarterback. Granted, they have a um, quarterback that is a transfer from Clemson. I think he's a former five or four star kid, um, and 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 so there's there's going to be a lot of moving pieces there. And then you have like what people are kind of pegging as the hot team, and uh, you know I'll walk that expectation back myself, being from Nebraska, but. You have a lot of people picking Nebraska to, to, to make a lot of moves and everything because they have a hot shot quarterback. They have a lot of talent around him. There's a lot of questions, in my opinion, around the offensive line, and their defense didn't perform very well last year. And so the defense is going to have to take a huge step forward if they want to, to, to get to that Big Ten title game. 
And then it's the same thing if you look out west with the Pac-12, okay? You have Jake Eason going and starting for uh, as quarterback at, at Washington. That's a big move. You have Justin Herbert at uh, Oregon. Um, he is, in my – that guy with the arm talent he has, he is a day one, easily a day one NFL guy in the draft. Um, he can move the ball. And um, so th- that that's going to be interesting up in the, the north part of their division. And then the south, it's completely wide open. You have Herm Edwards at Arizona State. He's got a uh, um, true freshman quarterback starting for him. If I remember right, he was like the number two or three rated dual threat quarterback in the nation coming out of high school. You have USC that's kind of like a little bit like their head coach is a little bit on the hot seat. He's He's got to make some moves, win some games. And then you have UCLA with Chip Kelly, and you want to see what they're going to do. And so like – you have all you have these two major conferences that in reality it's kind of wide open all across the board with both of them yeah i mean you know and you say that you know you talk about that being you know wide open let's okay um arizona state let's let's pick them out of the hat they go undefeated all year where do you think that puts them in the rankings? So, like, the way that it works now is – and this is, again, why I don't like the four-team playoff thing is because it's so um, SEC, like, centric, so to speak. And so, like, if, if – uh, we'll say Herm Edwards goes undefeated, wins the Pac-12 championship, okay? Um, they're – I'm – thinking they're number four in the playoff because what's going to end up happening is you know whoever comes out of the ACC or potentially the Big Ten is is gonna um which by the way I'm predicting the Big Ten to miss the playoff this year because I just think they're gonna eat they're gonna eat each other up they're gonna beat each other up and um so they're gonna miss it because you know they're going to have a one or a two loss team as their, as, as their conference champion. But, you know, so with that being said, let, let, let's just play the hypothetical that happens. Okay. So then you're looking at Clemson who pretty much like, there's just not anyone in that conference that's really going to push them that hard in my opinion, mm-hmm. unless they have a stupid bad game. You know, any any team can have a bad game any day. And so, like, maybe they lose. I don't, I don't know. But let's assume they don't. So, Clemson. Clemson's in, right? Mm-hmm. So, then you go to the SEC, and you're probably looking at Bama, LSU, Georgia. Okay? So, whoever I personally think is going to be Bama, because Bama has a super easy schedule this year. So, you're going to go into the SEC title game with Bama versus Georgia more than likely, okay? And then you're going to end up with the loser of that SEC championship game somehow still getting into the playoff even though they didn't win their conference, okay? And then the fourth spot is either going to go to the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. Mm 
And so you're going to look at, you know, in that scenario, you'd look at Arizona State being the fourth fourth person in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I was saying about, you know, the legitimate, you know, shot to win it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. You know, I hear it every 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 12 months I hear this and see this all over Facebook. It's this is Tennessee's year. This is this is this is the year for Tennessee. It hadn't been Tennessee's year since the fucking nineties. Look, you know here's the here's the deal. Like I live in Nebraska and it ain't been it, it ain't been Nebraska's year since the nineties. Yeah. But I I follow college football very heavily and I will tell you like I, I know that I'm gonna probably get some shade thrown at me for this. Tennessee, it ain't your fucking year. Yeah, no. Nah, it's 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 just it's just not it's not okay you're gonna get like you you play clemson you play georgia you play bama you're going to get rolled son yeah but hypothetically hypothetically speaking let's say it is tennessee's year if tennessee runs the table tennessee's got that's that they've got it that they're going straight to the playoff well so let's hypothetically okay we'll play that hypothetical okay Tennessee runs the table. They end up in the um, SEC championship with Bama, and they mm-hmm. lose. Chances are Tennessee still ends up in the in in, in the fourteen playoff. You know what I mean? So, and that's you know, and I think that's that's always something that, like I said, it you know, the debate is part of the fun of college football. But to me, it's kind of you know, always been a things like, well, fuck, you know what I mean, like. You know the system is only set up for so many people to win. You know, no, like, it is. And when know. it boils down to it, I know I sound like I'm jaded, like I'm, 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 I'm bitching. And yet, the system is, in my opinion, broken. But when it boils down to it, you got to line up and you got to beat the teams that you're scheduled to beat. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you beat all those teams, damn right, you should have a, you know, you should be given a shot to get in the ring and and play for the natty. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Tennessee, like I said, if Tennessee runs the table, Tennessee's in the playoff. You know, three. You know, it's a four-hour drive from from Knoxville to to here. You know, but if TSU, Tennessee State University, also a Division One football team, right? If they run the table, they ain't nowhere near the national championship. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. If Middle Ten, if Middle Tennessee runs the table, they ain't nowhere near it. Yeah, they they can watch it on TV. Yeah. yeah. Which s- small thing, if I remember right, now that I think about it, Middle Tennessee, they actually played Nebraska back in 1994, if I remember right. Yeah. They played them. They played a money game with. Uh, Nebraska back in '94, they came here and got boat raced for a for a paycheck. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you got hey, you got to do what you got to do for the money, man. Well, yeah. we've had uh, we've had Western Kentucky, like you know, I said that, uh, um, you know, when I was in college, we played Western Kentucky before they moved up to the Division One level and everything. We've actually had Western Kentucky here in Nebraska to play the Huskers for money games. I want to say two or three times actually now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. 
you know, so, so I've, you know, I've been, I think I've only been, I've only been out there, what, once during football season? Yeah, it was, right? uh, it was back in uh, 2002, you and I went, or no, sorry, 2002, wow, fuck. Um, no, 2012, you and I went to the Penn State game when Penn State played us at home. It, um that was shitty because I had strep throat. So I've been out there, what? I think we were saying, what, once I've been out there during college football season? For football season, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once. Yeah. I mean, several times. 2012 Penn State. Yeah. Like, just is crazy. Like, 90% of the city stops for college, it seemed like to me, for college fo- for a college football game. Easily. You know what I mean? So, so what's it? So what's it like growing, growing up? You know, a college football fan in, you know, a, you know. I know you guys hadn't been, you know, on top lately, but like Nebraska's a historically great program. They're a blue blood. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I know that people don't think that, but that th- they are. They're a blue blood program. Um, you know. What what it's like growing up here during that, like, you know, you know, for me, I was fortunate. I grew up, like, during the quote-unquote glory years of Nebraska uh, in the yeah. 90s and whatnot when we went, like, I think it was 60 and 3. Um, it, but when it uh, – it, I, I – Nebraska is unique. Okay, it's very, very unique because I tell people this all the time. It's the only fishbowl program out there. Okay, like you go to Alabama, you have Alabama Auburn. You go to Florida, you got FSU, Florida, Miami. Okay, you go to Georgia, you got Georgia, Georgia Tech. You go to South Carolina, you got Clemson, South Carolina. You know, you, you go to these other states. There is a rival school somewhere there. That's yeah. not what it's like. Nebraska is the fucking show. Okay? Every single Saturday since 1962, Nebraska fans have sold out that stadium. It is the only show in town. There is no, like, dividing allegiances or anything of that nature. And so it is different growing up in Nebraska because you grow up a Nebraska fan. It's not, are you going to be Clemson or South Carolina? Or are you going to be Miami or Florida State? Or are you going to be Bama or Auburn? It's the only thing that's here, you know? And we, got, we have no NFL team, so that is our NFL team. When we go there on Saturday Memorial Stadium turns into the third largest city in Nebraska because of how we pack that stadium only Lincoln and Omaha have a higher population than Memorial Stadium on a game day and so it is very 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 different because everything revolves around that one team yeah that's that's crazy that's crazy to me and like i said you know i've been out there you know with you like you know a few times 
and like you've pointed out like you know would just be driving by or walking down the street or whatever and you point out like a second or third string you know lineman or something like hey there's you know i'm like what the fuck like i don't like i didn't know all the players on my high school football team when i was in high school well you know what i mean that's another thing that's kind of interesting is like the because of the optics on it here in nebraska the coverage is different like you know there's you know we have beat writers from every little town that cover this program and 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 what's going on and you know everyone you know right now is like a prime example you know fall camps going on and so everyone's like itching at youtube or like the you know facebook or twitter or whatever for like the next little snippet that's going to come out from 24 7 sports or the Lincoln Journal Star, Omaha World Herald, or Saturday Tradition, or, or whatever is going to release another story about, hey, what's going on in full camp? Who's the next yeah. riser? You know, who's who, who's breaking out? You know, how are they doing? You know, like everyone's looking at these practice reports because, you know, like uh, that Nebraska identifies with that team. You know, like they they live through that team. Yeah. So let me so let me ask you this: What's it like? And it's obviously, I guess it's not an exact parallel because it's D two, but what's it like being a college football player, and but still being a fan of another college football team? You know what? That's actually I was super hoping you would ask that question. That's a great question. Okay, that's a great question. I put my journalist hat on for that one. That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so for me, it's kind of tough, honestly. It, it is tough because fans are fans and fans are great. Fans are, you know, in a lot of ways, what makes this happen? Cause they're the ones that are paying their hard earned money to get in the stadium and, and, and buy, you know, uh, TV and stuff like that. So I'm yeah. not knocking fans at all, but Jesus, good Christ almighty. Okay. Like fans are also fans. So fans think that they know everything. So mm. I have season tickets to go watch Nebraska and mm. there are sometimes I have to really, really bite my tongue because you got some lunatic screaming next to you, we should do this. We should run the ball. We should pass the ball. We should, you know, play this type of defense or this and that. And, and it, as a college football um, player, you know a little bit more than they do. And just to give a little bit of background on this, I've also coached briefly at the high school level. I, uh, coached briefly to um at arena football and um not that this really means anything but i still currently coach youth football okay so i know i know more about x's and o's and football than the average person because i played it i've done it it has been something my entire life 
And so listening to people lose their mind and stuff sometimes is really frustrating. Also, the thing that really kind of gets under my skin is times where people just bash players for no reason. You know, like where as a former player or a coach, you can look at the play and you know that that person, that that, that player was going 100%, had 100% effort, but maybe he was in the wrong spot or maybe he, yeah. he fucked his assignment or something like that. It's like, okay, Jerry, who's fucking 310 pounds and five foot two, why don't you get out there and do that, you fucking asshat? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> you fucking fat piece of shit. Yeah, go ahead and just keep eating your popcorn here while you bitch at a 19-year-old kid who runs a freaking 4-6 didn't get the right split right in the right place at the right time. Like that that just that really really gets under my skin because like I know what it's like to live that life. I know what it's like to 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 compete in everything and 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 for, you know, you know, 56-year-old Jerry sitting here on his fat cirrhotic ass to bitch at me about like my effort like it, it just it it gets under my skin so much yeah uh yeah i would i would imagine you know what i mean like it's it's easy it's easy to play quarterback from your living room oh it is like and, and everyone thinks that they know everything and i'll yeah. be the first i'll be the first to admit like like i know more than the average fan when it comes to football, but mm. by no means do I know enough to be like a division one coach by, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But, but I know more than, I know more than you, Jerry, yeah. who's just sit, like, if you're sitting, if you're sitting on your couch watching football on Saturday, I know more than you. That's not me being arrogant. That's just a fact. I do. I've created my own playbooks. I've, you know, I've coached for years. I know more than you do, you know? So for you to sit here and get all, you know, salty about, you know, like what they're doing scheme wise, I'm just like, I just, it, it, it blows my mind how fans think that they know more than the people they're paid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you knew that much, you would have found, you would have found your way into doing it yeah, yeah. You're, you're doing your job you're doing your job because that's what you're good at you're not good at you're not good at knowing football so that's why you you know you're an accountant yeah, and yeah they, they may not even be good at their job <laughs> it just got really bright in here for some reason But yeah, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things, like I said, it, it grinds my gears. Like there's been a couple of times, like I've had to hold my tongue in the stadium or, you know, there actually, I think I told you about this story. There was a, when I was deployed, um, um, we used to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch, to, to go steal a router and then stream the Husker football games 
And there's this one guy in my unit that was just the biggest armchair quarterback on the face of the planet. And him and I got into it a couple times because I was just like, shut the fuck up, dude. You don't, you have no idea what you're talking about. Just shut the fuck up. See, see, that's dedication. Like, that's dedication. Like, I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning to watch anything on TV. Like, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. Like I'll, I'll hear about it when it, I'll hear about it when I wake up. No. Yeah. There was about, there was about 15 of us. We'd wake up every single, well, you know, like every single time the game was on, we'd wake up whenever the game was going to be on and we'd, uh, we'd go steal a, there's this router that we, uh, we knew about and we'd go steal it and hijack it. And then we'd, uh, um, hook it up to someone's projector and laptop, and we'd uh, stream the game. Nice. So nice. I'm pretty sure there's actually a picture I have somewhere. I'd have to find it for you, but there's a picture of us uh, standing in front of our helicopter, and we're holding a Husker flag in front of it, and we uh, send it to the Husker coaching staff when we're deployed and whatnot, and then they. Nice. Uh, um, to their credit, they actually sent us some uh, memorabilia or swag back and stuff like that that we could uh, hang outside of our flight room or our crew room for uh, cool. when we went on flights and stuff. So they, they were decent to us too. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so what was it like? What was it like for you in your in your playing days? Like when you were playing college football at Wayne State. And still being a Cornhusker fan, how did how did you manage that, or how did that work out? Because I'd imagine you're you're probably playing games a lot of times at the same time that the the Husker game would be on. Well, yeah, I mean it was one of those things that, like you know, you you'd catch the game when you could. You know, um, at the Division Two level, you don't have to worry about TV times. You know, so you're always you know Division Two, you're always kicking off at pretty much. Uh, you know, 11 o'clock or sometime in the early afternoon and everything. And so, you you know, you're kind of fingers crossed a little bit that, uh, you you know, your, your, your game was done by the time the Husker game started or something like that. We, we usually would only have one or two night games a year. So we didn't have to really worry about that. Um, honestly, the worst problem with that was, uh, Wayne State is about 30 minutes away from the Iowa border. And that mm-hmm. was my first experience with the Iowa fans. And they are, I don't care what anyone says, they are the worst fans ever. They're worse than Colorado. They're worse than any fans out there. I mean, they're just beyond delusional. And they're just, I mean, they're just absolutely like just rude they're the worst worst sports fans i've ever encountered is um iowa fans and this is before nebraska was even in the big 10 i mean they it's a program that's done nothing and yes i'll fully admit recently iowa has beat nebraska i understand that like i get it Okay, um, for I think uh, uh, four of the last five, they've beat Nebraska. 
okay? But, like, they're – when it boils down to it, like, as as far as, like, program history, Iowa's done nothing. They're nothing. And these fans think that, like, they're the greatest program in the world. They're just not. They're not. They're They're mediocre at best. And they're the most rude, obnoxious fans out there. You know, and I, I used to work in the stadium when I was in high school, and there's no worse fans that I've ever dealt with in the stadium or outside the stadium than Iowa fans. They're the absolute worst. And when I went to college, you know, there's, you know, a number of people that, you know, jumped over and went to Wayne State that were from Iowa that were Iowa fans, and they're just, they're just terrible. Like I always joke that, like, uh, like you want a border, you want a border uh, wall, you want a border wall plan. Like the border wall plan should be build a board, build a wall between Nebraska and Iowa, and make Iowa pay for it. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I don't I know how Trump, Trump would feel about that. Just f- fuck Iowa. Just fuck Iowa. Okay. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I, I think this might be the first that this might be the first conversation I've ever actually had about Iowa. Well, that's because there's not much to talk about. You know, yeah. not that there, not that there's much to talk about with Nebraska, but there's less to talk about with Iowa. Hey, hey, listen, listen. There may not be, you know. A quote unquote, a lot to talk about with Nebraska, but listen, Nebraska goes down in the history books, worldwide history. It should be taught in history classes across across the world. Lincoln, Nebraska, is the official birthplace of SWAT. That is the, that is the truth. That 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 jumps it up over over lots of these historical things that we learn. You right. know what I mean? These facts that we learn in these history books and shit. It should be a na- it should be a nationally recognized site. Yeah, for sure. And even if you're not going to recognize that, um, Nebraska is the birthplace of Kool Aid, so that's that's where you got that. Kool Aid and SWAT. What else? I mean, there's there's really not much else you need in the world. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. There you go. Fuck else is, you know. But man, Joey, man, thank you for uh, hooking up with me. Uh, you got any final, final thoughts or tidbits on college football? Nope. I mean, uh, when it boils down to it, uh, you know, any of your listeners or anything like that, like, want to reach out? I'm pretty easy to find Joey Batiato. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, stuff like that. Joey Bats. Um, just get after me, but, um, we need to do this again. I feel like, uh, next time we should get into the whole, like, uh, maybe like the marketing and the financial and like paying players stuff and whatnot. And we could get after that whole topic because we could go for that for a while. Yeah. That could be a three-part episode right there. Right. Exactly. But yeah, we need to do it again and, uh, appreciate anyone that listens for listening and, uh, share it and everything, and uh, give give Dub your love. Because I need the love. I do. <laughs> I need the love. You know what I mean? Like, 
I know you guys love your your Instagram people, and I don't know who who I don't know who's hot this week on on the gram or whatever. Uh, I know Miley Cyrus and the the and Thor's brother just broke up. I know you're heartbroken over that. Just just go through my catalog and listen to my episodes. It'll cheer you up. You'll enjoy yourself. You'll forget all about it. And Miley will be back twerking in no time. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. And Thor's brother, he's going he's gonna to be okay. He's Thor's brother. You know what I mean? It's a pretty, it's a pretty good life. But um, other than that, man, I think that's really all we got for you this week. We'll definitely hook up again, talk some more. And uh, if you're still with us, thank you for listening. We'll have an, I'll have another episode soon. I wish I could say next week, but fuck, I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to do another episode. You know, it might be, might be two months from now, but hopefully soon I'll be back with a brand new episode and you can listen in, but until then I'll see you when I see you. And like I always tell you, if you knew better, you do better. better. Uh, Peace out. Bye.